Hello, and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This is Abraham Chen, and as of this recording, it is September. It is the time for parents to be thinking about sending their kids back to school for all the different ages. If you are listening as a student or a college student, you are either back in school ready or prepping to go back to school, going back to dorms, all that. And with this past year, I know this is a question that you've asked or you've heard people ask, and that is, what will school look like going forward? We've all gone through the past few years. School has changed a lot, especially with the last school year. And there's other things. Online learning is more accessible than ever. There are so many more ways to learn. So it is a very valid question. What does learning, what does higher education look like in the future? We are going to talk about the state of education today. But before we dive into education and all that, we have a new course that I'm very excited about. This is Navigate. This is a new course that we have revamped with new content. It is all about what we will be talking about today, learning to ask questions, learning to face a world where people expect us to have answers and how to make decisions in this new world. So this course is actually taught by Jonathan, as well as Victoria here, our president and our director of content. The registration for Navigate is closing on September 19th. So if you are interested, there will be notes below. Please take a look uh, wherever you're listening. Um, this will be a very uh, useful course, especially if you're coming out of high school, going to college. If you're asking, what do I want to do for the next few years? Check it out. We are here to talk about education, and we have some of the best people I know to cover this topic. We have the president and CEO of Unbound, uh, one of my personal mentors, Jonathan Brush, as well as our director of coaching and content, Victoria Grant. She is one of the wisest people I know, so very excited for this. We also have our director of marketing and our resident thinker, definitely one of the smartest people I know, Jay Spower. So how do you guys feel about this changing season going from summer into autumn? Are you guys an autumn person or not really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Autumn is my favorite and I can't tell you how excited I am to be wearing <laughs> full length pants instead of shorts today. It's so no shorts. It's just All right. Well, Jonathan, you joined us from vacation, actually. How is that last bit of summer that you're enjoying? Yeah, for me, we typically go to the beach this kind of Labor Day week. And so this is a bit of a transition between summer to uh, fall. And I don't know. I really like summer. I like fall, too, for different reasons. And uh, one of the great blessings of my life is I've often worked in education and education seasonal. And so about every three months, it changes. And sometimes, like in the case of Unbound, it changes pretty radically. So there's always something new to do. And about the time you get tired of one thing, you're ready to start another. So it's it's nice to be closing one section of the year and all the stuff that came with that and starting a new one. And so for that reason, I'm I'm excited. I'm enjoying the join the transition. Well, speaking of transition, Jonathan, let's talk about education <laughs> and more specifically where we are today. It's a very different world from say even five years ago, honestly. So how would you describe the state of education today, where we are? Well, I think the big thing is that people are more aware of education. I think in so many ways for a really long time, 
most of the population thought education was a little bit like the air. It was there, you breathed it, but you didn't really think about it. You send your kids to school, uh, you decided to go to college, you went to educa- uh, higher education. That was the way you kind of got ready for life and nobody thought about that. Uh, one of the phrases we use a lot in Unbound is live deliberately. And the idea is to sort of, you know, whatever you're doing, think about it and make sure you're doing it for a reason and that there's a reason behind it and that reason makes sense. And for us, for a long time, we've been really questioning some of these educational systems and saying, hey, I think there might be a better way to look at this. I think there might be a different way to look at this. I think things have changed and we're not really reflecting that change in the way that we're preparing students and young adults for uh, full independence. And so it's really kind of exciting to me in a lot of ways that now a lot of people are doing those things. They're asking those questions and they're kind of stopping and saying, wait a second, I don't think this is working exactly the way I thought it would or maybe it's not working the way we think it should. And I think that's ultimately a good thing. It's a little painful here in the middle. There's a lot of confusion. And I know people are pretty frustrated about certain things. But ultimately, I'm pretty excited about the fact that everybody's taking a breath and saying, wait, let me think about this. Because I think it gives everybody a chance to then think about education in a more deliberate manner. And I think that there's a lot of opportunities for people that are willing to take that pause and to think deliberately about their educational options right now. Yeah. And can we talk about that frustration for a little bit? Um, I want to hear from Victoria and Jace. So you guys are on the younger end of the spectrum, more <laughs> my generation. So we might not necessarily have kids, but I'm sure we both, we all interact with college students a lot and talk about how people slightly younger than us who are in school or even just uh, people who are our age who are going to school, like master, getting their masters and all that are dealing with the education today. I was just talking with a friend and how he remarked that there is an interesting frustration where people feel like they're not learning in college. But at the same time, college is so expected that it is almost like you know, everyone gets their undergrad. There is an expectation now almost that you need a master's at this point <laughs> to get mm-hmm. a job and whatnot. So how do you guys feel about that frustration that we just talked about? Yeah, Abe, I would take a slightly different take on this. Uh, I There is definitely a growing sense of frustration in education as a whole. And that is true in higher education. That's true in high school. That's true in middle school. An interesting aspect of that is that there's also an undercurrent or, or trend, if you will, of almost of chaos. That's that's true in the broader society as well, but that's particularly true in the field of education, in higher education, in high school, in middle school. I would say that there's a dearth of clear thought leaders. There's nobody who's really um, kind of on the cutting edge of this, of showing, hey, here's some clear paths forward. There's a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. No one really knows what's going on or how to best deal with things. We have professors getting fired. We have students going on strike. We have schools changing policies left and right about attendance and student options and tuition and all that. And, And a lot of that is health related with the pandemic, right? And that's been a trend for the last few years in particular. But a lot of it is outside of that as well. There's ongoing issues over student debt. There's increasing disillusionment, um, kind of reflecting that frustration you talked about with the current education system and people realizing, even like you're saying in college, this is not working in high school. This is not working. Our students aren't prepared for college. In middle school, this is not working. This is not what I want for my kid. And interestingly, there's also more alternatives than ever before in history But I would argue that there's also a lack of understanding of how to best leverage them, which, again, plays back into that frustration that you're talking about as well. Yeah, I think this generation, one of the one of the maybe the more effective ways that they actually communicate is through memes. And so I think if you look at the memes of um, education and college students and what people are memeing about, you can actually 
uh, get a really good glimpse into actually what kind of trends are happening and what people are thinking and and kind of the the current of that that generation's thought and thinking. And I was actually um, talking with Shane Morris um, uh, after Apex um, about this a little bit. And um, he was saying that the, he's seeing such, such um, pessimism mm-hmm. and um, just kind of the cynicism about life, but also about education in general. And I think I've seen that as well. Um, just in the the memes that the the younger generation is sharing, there's this 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 kind of current of pessimism and cynicism. And um, you know, a college education is a privilege. It's a it's a huge blessing um, that most of the people in this world. Um, don't attain, they, they don't have access to it. And yet, even um, with that privilege and that blessing, I think a lot of young people in, in the West and America, especially, kind of see this and they're frustrated because um, with all of the blessing and privilege um, and, you know, advantage that that this college education gives you, there's there's a sense that even with this, we're not really succeeding. We don't know what we're doing in life. We don't know um, what life is all about. We are kind of lost and um, we're, you know, we're paying thousands of dollars to sit on zoom meetings and, and watch lectures. And that doesn't feel right. That, that, that doesn't seem like it's, it's providing the value that it's saying it does. And so I think the frustration is real. I think there's a lot of students who are really rethinking um, the value of going to college and sitting in a lecture hall or sitting on their, you know, computer and watching a zoom lecture or whatever. And, there's this kind of growing contention and cynicism that I'd agree with Victoria that people just, you know, are kind of are overwhelmed by the chaos of everything going on in the world and don't really know where to go from there. What are some of the trends then that you've seen in education? And this is for anyone, um, especially with higher education and college. I think there's trends you can look at in a couple of different ways. But to me, the frustration is the trends are in general, not helpful, in my opinion. So when you look at <clears throat> higher education, there's a trend to be much more relevant, uh, to be much more connected to the culture. And, and you know, that takes a lot of different uh, venues and, and aspects. But what gets the most press is there's a lot of trend to be relevant and say, you know, we're, we're going to talk about these social justice theories or we're going to talk about critical race theory. Or we're going to talk about racism. We're going to talk about those things. I find that to be frustrating because I don't think education typically is optimized to react quickly to things. Education by its very nature ought to be a little bit more reflective, should take a little bit more time to be more thoughtful and be able to go deep. And so you see a trend in higher education, especially, but in education generally to react fast to current cultural phenomenon. I think that's typically the wrong instinct and that's typically damaging because it's uh, education should be, educational institutions should be a place where they're approaching that in a little bit more of a thoughtful way. There's definitely a trend to think that technology can solve everything and that, you know, the more technology we shove at people, the more fancy gadgets we have in the classrooms, the more access to technology, the more wired we are, that the better we equip students for life. Uh, that has simply not been our experience. Uh, we're a technology company. We're an ed tech company in some ways. So we're certainly not Luddites. We're definitely into technology and we really believe in some of the benefits of technology. But I don't think, you know, throwing up technology is the answer any more than I think that, you know, the answer to a political problem or to a social problem is throw money at it. I think it takes something more thoughtful and more deep than that. And uh, so those are two that I see that I find discouraging. Uh, that, you know, education institutions tend to think we have to react fast to what's being talked about immediately and we have to get more technology. And I think both of those things are knee jerk reactions and educational institutions by their nature 
ought to be a lot slower, a lot more thoughtful, and a lot and provide perspective for a culture. Uh, that's not the kind of situation and the kind of trends that we're watching now from my perspective. I think something similar um, to go off that, Jonathan, I recently um, read an article that was talking about how undergrad students are the ones primarily kind of pushing cancel culture, for lack of a better term, on um, some of these faculty members on college campuses. And I think what that brought to mind was just how much um, there is this felt need to have a consensus on something, to find the answer to something, and then to basically make sure that we keep repeating that answer. And so that when a faculty member, for example, questions something that kind of the, the general public or the general student body kind of holds as you know, this is the answer to this question or problem. When they begin to think for themselves and begin to question that, there's there's kind of this, like you said, knee-jerk reaction of like, no, don't question it. Like, this is the way, um, this is the answer that we have. This is the answer that we're going with. And we don't really want to think about it. other alternatives. Um, and I'm guessing that a lot of, of the um, cases that were talked about in this article um, had to do with, you know, probably critical race theory or other cultural kind of phenomenon like that. Um, but I think it applies to a lot of things where there's this this idea that we have the answers already and please don't ask us to rethink the answers or question the answers or we have these answers and we're going to hold on to them and really push back in sometimes very hostile ways against anyone who wants to think about those things deeper. Well, that points, Jace, to a deeper trend that is also troubling, which is, you know, it's, you say it's demanded by the undergraduate students. I think that there is the technology shift has caused something else fundamental to go awry that is really important and that people don't think about a lot. Uh, so you do have a situation where technology has changed so quickly. Younger folks uh, typically adapt that technology quicker, and it gives them a bit of an authority when it comes to technology. And so, you know, it's not unusual for older people to learn from younger people about the most recent technology. That's often the case for me. Um, on our staff, you know, our younger members of our staff typically are a little bit more adept as things like social media and those things. And I'm pretty delighted to get their opinions and get their expertise on that. However, that has been sort of widened to be a comprehensive rejection of authority. Uh, and that's a, that's a trend that was a long time coming, but it has accelerated rapidly. So the idea here is, you know, you have undergraduates demanding answers uh, and their colleges do certain things and pushing a cancel culture. Well, that's missing something really important, which is the whole reason you're at educational institution in the first place is to learn from those that go before. And we shouldn't get confused just because somebody knows something about a particular aspect of things or is able to know something about technology doesn't mean that they know something about all the other important things. And, you know, as a quick example, you know, if I was talking to somebody, I'm down here at the beach, right? And um, if I went out and, and just the other day, I saw somebody kite surfing, uh, that looks to me like something that's very complicated. And the person doing it was tremendously younger than I was. And so I have no problem going to that person and seeing them as a, as a definite authority in kite surfing. I know nothing about that. And they do, and they have an expertise in there. And I'd be happy to talk to them about it. However, at the same time, just by looking at this person's age, pretty confident that I know a lot more about life in general and about how kite surfing fits into their overall life and how their things that they're doing now relate to things that they do in other aspects of their life and things like that. And I think I could add some authority there just by virtue of being gone around the sun more times than they have. And uh, you know, I think we lose that in education where we've now sort of gotten a situation where education in many ways, important pieces of education are being driven by the people who came to be educated. And while there are certainly things that we should respect from all people and there are aspects of things that folks may know more than others, uh, there is a wisdom that comes with age and with expertise. And that's what educational institutions were originally set up to do, was to, to pass that wisdom on 
to others so that they could learn that. And when we miss that, we're missing the whole fundamental point of education. And that has really significant consequences. So to continue this thought, a question in a similar vein, but slightly different would be, what are some other myths that people have bought into with education today? We talked about how age and, and experience has been and warped in that way. But especially, Jonathan, what would you say with what you've observed are certain myths that have just become norm in, in the education space that we should ask questions about? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we could do six more hours on this and we can get pretty excited about it and talk about it. So let me just pick two of the ones that I think are the most pressing and the ones that, get, that continue to frustrate me the most. Uh, the first is this myth that education is the magic portal that you leave childhood and enter adulthood through. Uh, first of all, I don't believe that, the, you know, I believe that young adulthood starts much earlier than most people think. I, I think that, you know, there's a transition to full independence through the time of life that typically takes place when most people go to college. But this idea that college has some magical property that if you put people in one end, adults come out the other and they're completely ready for society. That if you put kind of and, and look, I'm 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 going to the extreme here, but to, to illustrate the point, you know, if you put kind of uh, uncultured barbarians in one end of a college system and then you expect to get fully functioning members of society out the other, um, I think that that was always a ridiculous myth and, and that it's even more uh, frustrating now. Um, I don't think that college owns some sort of secret knowledge about how to tell, turn people into uh, functioning adults. And I think more and more that that myth is being exposed. And so I think that that's a, a pretty big problem. Um, the second thing is, and the myth that I think that we talk about a lot here, is this myth that uh, higher education institutions are experts at educating people for the world that we live in today. Um, and so the idea is, is that, you know, these education institutions have been around for a long time. They're full of experts and they're full of lots of money and that they then know how to educate people. And uh, one of the things that I think is, is, is a truth is that education has changed fundamentally and that it's changed in ways that it probably has never looked like before. And now the nature of what it means to be educated is radically different. And from my perspective, almost no educational institutions have acknowledged this fact or adjusted any of their processes to reflect the reality of the world that we actually live in. So this myth that A, you know, you, you become a functioning adult by going to college and B, that educational institutions are optimized to teach you how to be educated for the world that we live in. I think that that is, uh, is generally not as true as people think it is. There are certainly places where that's true and there are certain places where the education system is optimized for that, uh, but wide swaths of it is not. And I think the general public is just now starting to become aware of that and that uh, that awareness is really important because it has a fundamental and direct impact on how you make your education choices. And I think that that goes into much of, again, how we learn. Where we all have been in, in Zoom University has exposed a lot of that where they realize that, hey, this really isn't preparing much for life as much as I thought it would. And I am just here prepping for a test on a Zoom call in my pajamas, and it's not working. Yeah, that being said, let's talk about solutions. Uh, and not necessarily big, you know, we're going to solve the world here. I mean, we might, we'll see. But what are ways that we can approach where we are today differently? Well, I think we should all talk about this and kind of get a little piece in here. But let me start. And I'll, I'll start by saying something that we say in Navigate all the time. So you heard Abe refer to our Navigate course earlier, and this is kind of the heart of that class, but that we really uh, emphasize a lot with our students constantly. And that is, are you willing to ask the question? And, and that is the fundamental start of all of this. See, what we talked about earlier in terms of what we see in problems of education, I see there's problems about people that assume the answer. 
uh, you know, I, the answer is go to college. The answer is get an education. The answer is education fix everything. Um, and that's that's where I think some of the problem is. So, so the first thing here, which is, you know, really basic and that can start you on the path to get you where you need to go is, are you willing to ask the question? Are you willing to ask the question of what you actually need to be ready and prepared for this world? And then can you ask the question, will college do that for me? Or will higher education do that for me? And if not, what will? Now, look, there are some cases where the answer is going to be an emphatic yes. Uh, that's exactly what I need to do. I need to go to college. Uh, you know, we use examples all the time of engineering. Um, you know, if, if you are an engineering student and you want to go into engineering, a traditional college education is generally your best way. And there might be some things you can do differently in that. But ultimately, you're going to look have a pretty traditional educational system. Uh, and that is the answer. So that's a good question to ask. And that's their answer. Uh, but then there are other questions that you can ask and other uh, fields that you go into that the answer is going to be profoundly different. Rather than telling you in a podcast all the answers you need to know, uh, let's start with something basic and say, are you willing to ask the question? Are you willing to ask the question of what you need to be prepared to be an effective, independent adult in this world? And does the educational system that you're considering uh, provide the answers to that question? And if the answer is no, ask the next, que next question, well, where can I find that? What would that look like? And I think that's a good start to put you on your journey. JC mentioned a little early in the podcast, um, cancel culture and the fact that this has been largely propagated by undergraduate students, really pushed by undergraduate students. I would put forth that obviously it's an issue, but that a solution to this will be reinvigorating the ability of students and young adults and, and older adults as well to be able to disagree with someone without seeing that disagreement as part of their identity. Um, I think we've brought this up on a podcast before because it's one of my favorite quotes, but um, there's a quote attributed to Aristotle that says, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain an idea without accepting it. And that's something that we've by and large lost in the educational culture that you know we see an idea as part of who somebody is. And if you disagree with my ideas, well, clearly you disagree with who I am as an individual. Um, it becomes deeply personal. And it doesn't allow us to be able to shift or to entertain different ideas or to have wholesome discussions. Instead, it leads more to that cancel culture and really lends itself to a closed environment where similar ideas are you know, brought forth and brought forth and brought forth, but where there's not a lot of back and forth and that uplifting uh, diversity, if you will, that perhaps was more of a mark of higher education you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago talking with my grandparents about that same thing. And, and they remembered a very open environment where you could argue with your classmates and you weren't you know, called out for it. You could talk to your professors and there was more of that uh, back and forth engagement possibility that's just not as much now. So that is kind of an issue, but also you know, room for a solution there if we can move more toward that open discussion. Um, and, and Jonathan, like you're saying too, more of that asking questions and not just stopping at an answer and saying, this is what I believe in. I'm not willing to engage with any other ideas. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Victoria. I think questions are kind of a theme that runs through all of that um, with both what you mentioned and also Jonathan, what you mentioned, um, the ability to ask questions and, you know, the, the quote from Aristotle that you shared, um, Victoria, just being able to, to think about something and be able to, to separate truth from, from lie, but at the same time, not just focusing on the truth, right? Like, obviously, the truth is what we we do want to focus. Um, but we, I think it, it, it's worthwhile to unpack the lies that are um, being told in our culture and to, um, to pick those apart and to say, you know, why do people believe this? Why is this such a common belief? Um, and I think just being able to, to disagree with somebody to be 
courteous in that disagreement, but also to seek to understand them and not in, in a way of like, I'm going to change my mind or I'm going to reject the truth and follow after this, this lie that this person is believing, but to, to really seek to understand why is it that they believe that? Um, and how can I articulate the truth in such a way that, um, that speaks to where they are in that? Um, I think that's kind of just basic critical thinking. That's basic communication. I think that's a, an important part of the, the questions that we ask. Um, like you mentioned, Jonathan, is being able to ask those questions of ourselves, ask them of other people. Um, and in general, just being able to, to seek the truth, but to realize that asking questions and, you know, kind of critically examining claims that we come across is a big part of pursuing the truth. And I think, Jace, that gives us a, a foundational point here. Abe, you asked the question, you know, what are some solutions to the problems that we posited? And, and I, I'm a big believer that we can't just throw out the problems. It's, it's kind of easy to do that. You know, it's, it's easy to curse the darkness. It's easy to point out other problems. It's a lot harder to come up with some solutions. Uh, the difficulty, of course, is, you know, solutions get really complicated and people want all the details. Uh, look, here's what I'm trying to say. If you ask the question, and if you hear what just Victoria and Jace just said, if you ask the question, you're on the path to being able to find your solution. But let me sort of maybe fine tune that a little bit more uh, so that we can give you, you know, if you're thinking about homeschooling for the first time because you're rethinking schooling, or you're thinking about doing something different than college, or you're thinking about you know college and trying to figure out what the value is and all those things, uh, let's just back up for a step and say, look, in, in all those situations, it's not about taking what's in your head and putting it in somebody else's head. It's not about doing all the technical stuff. And here's here's this foundational difference. This is, this is one of those myths that we talked about earlier, that education is not adjusted to that. The reason that you think that is because that used to be true and probably was true when your formation, your formative educational years was happening. And so we've said this so many times, but I feel like we always need to say it again because it's just, it's this profound truth I think people just completely miss. The, the nature of what it means to be educated has changed fundamentally. It used to be that there was a high cost to gaining knowledge. And so the more knowledge you had in your head, the better that advantage was for you in whatever occupation you were in, even just day-to-day -day life. Because if you didn't know it, the cost of gaining that knowledge was high. You had to go to the library, pull a card catalog, find a book, write it down, memorize it, and put it in some sort of system you could access it later, right? In other words, it was very difficult to gain new information, and information gain was slow, and so somebody who had that information right at their end of their fingertips, in their he head, in their brain, that person had advantage in almost any kind of situation, right? Now, of course, that's fundamentally different. And it's fundamentally different because we walk around with little computers in our pockets that give us access to almost all the knowledge that ever was. But that brings up a new question. Well, what does it mean then to be educated? What it means to be educated is being able to learn quickly and to ask questions that help you sort out all that knowledge to find the knowledge that you actually need. Look, that's fundamentally different. And there's a couple of technical things that are important there. But a lot of this is just basic life skills stuff that you as an adult, if you're a parent, are able to teach because you fundamentally know this, right? And as you as a student, it's important for you to understand that this is not something highly technical. Uh, so it requires a lot of expertise. This means you have to have some basics. You have to have enough knowledge of the world to have context. Then you have to be able to ask great questions and you have to have a desire to be able to learn and be willing to lean in and to figure out how to learn. If you do those things, then this becomes a lifelong process. Technology disrupts things fast enough that you're going to have to be learning new things the rest of your life, not just through the end of college. 
And so that's another myth, right? I'm going to learn everything in college and then I'm going to be set. No, that's, that's crazy, right? Uh, if college, if anything, should be just context information. But really, you should have that context information before you get to college. Well, now you should be learning about how do I ask good questions? How do I quickly and effectively master complicated information? How, do I able, how am I able to learn quickly? Because learning is going to be a lifelong endeavor. Being able to ask good questions is how I'm going to navigate this lifelong endeavor. That's the core. That's the central point. And if you understand that, that puts you on a path to really being able to figure out education in a way that I think is useful for today and really puts you much farther ahead than most people in terms of the questions that they're asking. I definitely think there's an irony where in our pursuit of knowledge and our development of the education system, we've forgotten in a big way to be intentional about learning and asking questions. One thing I want to touch on real quick on learning then is... One of the best ways to learn is by doing stuff. And here at Unbound, we've uh, used the term a lot, project-based education. If you're listening to this as an Unbound parent or an Unbound student, you might have heard this a lot. So let's talk about that a little bit. Why project-based education? Or what does that even mean? I think part of project-based education just goes back to what is the goal of education? Why, like Jonathan talked about, what does it mean to be educated? But why? Why are we educated? Um, I think it's it's a matter of preparing for life. It's a matter of being um, prepared and equipped with the tools and the knowledge and the experience that is required to um, do whatever it is you're going to do in life. You know why people go to school to be you know study to be a doctor is to be a doctor and to be able to go into the operating room and know what to do um, to to save a life or to um, bring healing. You know, people go to school to study be an engineer so that they can build bridges and railroads and buildings. Um, there's a practical application. And, you know, if you take someone from high school and say, here's the operating room, here's the scalpel, go for it. They don't know what to do. Um, and so they, they, they need that education, but that education serves the purpose of preparing them to do something. And I think the, the heart of project-based education is being able to look at what is it that, you know, you feel like God is leading you to in your life and how do you prepare for that? And not only what kind of knowledge are you going to need to uh, prepare for that, but how can you practice that right now? So if you're, you know, if you want to be a writer, there's definitely a lot you can learn about writing and about sentence structure and about paragraph structure and about all this different kind of stuff. But in order to really prepare to be a writer, to communicate ideas, to communicate stories effectively, to do that well, you have to write. You have to um, actually practice it. And so project-based education and Ascend, the Ascend program from Unbound does, is basically say, obviously, you're going to have a lot of, of knowledge that you're going to need. You're going to have these academic classes that you're going to, to need to take in order to be a doctor, an engineer, a writer, whatever it is that you're preparing to do, but you're also going to need to to practice it. You're going to need to get experience doing it. Your future career, your jobs, they're going to require experience. You know, people are looking for two to five years experience for entry-level jobs and stuff. And so there's this, this looking for experience. There's looking for people who have practiced what they have been learning. And the old saying goes, you know, if you teach me, then I you know, can remember. But if I actually do it, then I'm learning. From my perspective, at least, kind of the the core of project-based education is going back to the real purpose behind education, which is preparing for life, preparing for the work beyond that and into adulthood and saying, you know, what, what am I made to do? Um, what am I meant to do? What is God calling me to do? And that can change um, throughout your life. But 
you know, how do I prepare for that? And I think project-based education is one of the most practical and effective ways of preparing for those kinds of things because it allows you to to practice it in real time and to gain experience. And and, and let me just kind of connect this, what Jace is saying to what we talked about earlier in terms of some of the things that fundamentally change. Look, you go back 50 years and there's only a couple of educational paths that most people pursue, right? Uh, there's a couple of vocational paths, and there's a couple of academic paths and you get on the academic path. And then by the nature of knowledge, things move slow. So it makes sense to build up a lot of knowledge for that advantage that I talked about later and then be able to apply that knowledge. But the, the, the places that you have to apply that knowledge, that's a slow moving process. And so you can adjust and you can adjust by getting ready for it. That's not the case in the world that we live in today. Things are fundamentally different. Things move much faster. And now there feels like an almost infinite amount of different act, uh, academic paths you can take and different vocational paths you can take. And every time you look at the internet, there's new ones out there, right? And there's new things happening. And so what projects-based education does is it tightens that feedback loop, right? And this has always been true, but the necessity for it has changed. Now that necessity is much greater than it was before. And let me use a quick example. I recently got my motorcycle license. And so before I started riding a motorcycle in preparation for the class, I read about how to ride a motorcycle. And one of the things that jumped out at me was there's a lot of information about how to take a curb, which doesn't seem that difficult in a car, but turns out to be really difficult because all the physics are completely different in a motorcycle. So I read about that and that was good. It gave me context. And then I went and took the training and I found out, oh, gee, look, the turns do work differently in a motorcycle and you have to do some different things. And it's really important to get this right. But then I actually went out and rode the motorcycle. And when I did that, all of a sudden, the stuff that I learned became much more relevant. And when I went back to learn again, I knew exactly the places that I needed to go, right? I, you know, having almost overshot a curve or having crossed the curve, the center line coming around the curve, all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, I need to figure out what's going on here. And I need to be able to figure out how to do that differently. And I really want to learn from this. And so all of a sudden I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books with a real focus on that particular thing because I got that tight feedback loop, right? I actually went out and did something. That something that I did uh, exposed weaknesses and, and gaps in my knowledge that I then went to fill. And because of the internet, I could fill those gaps very precisely. And then I went out and tried it again. And then that exposed new gaps and new things. And then I went back and did it again. And now that feedback loop is much tighter. And now I'm getting to expertise much quicker and I'm able to apply that knowledge in a way that's really useful. That's fundamentally different than the way education took place 50 years ago. It's faster. The necessity of it is greater. And so in order to do that, you need to make that feedback loop sharper. And the way to make that feedback loop sharper is to actually apply project-based education where you're actually doing real stuff and then going back and say, oh, I need to know this. And now I need to know this. And oh, I didn't know this. And I need to know this. And it gives a focus and a direction and a precision to education that mere kind of, you know, uh, older traditional educational methods just simply cannot do. Well, speaking of this tight, more precise feedback loop, let's talk about the practical side of things. As we close out this episode, what are some ways we can practically look at asking questions, finding ways to be intentional? Uh, Victoria, let's start with you. What are some practical ways we can do that? One thing that we talk about a lot in Unbound is the importance of reflection. And that's a very common idea that is uncommonly rare. Jonathan, you just talked about how fast the world changes. 
And reflection is a huge part of slowing down long enough to realize how the world is changing around you and what you need to do to stay relevant, to stay valuable, even from a professional standpoint, right? Even outside of higher education, the world changes so fast that professional growth is a necessary and deeply, desperately valuable thing. So in a world where the revolutionary very quickly becomes irrelevant, we need to have the ability to stop and to slow down and to reflect and to ask questions. That means slowing down in a world that moves at a breakneck speed, particularly in Western culture. So on a very practical note, slow down and carve time out of your day for that process of just stopping and even just asking a few questions about where am I at? What do I need to learn next? What are my skills that I have now? What do I need to learn and move forward? And then as you practice doing that, couple that with the other side of the coin being action. So reflection should always push you to action. And so it doesn't matter if you sit there and think about great things that you should learn or skills that you need or ways that the world is changing if you then don't do anything about it. So in the same way, we just talked about project-based education being something that should push you forward to allow you to do and to practice in, in very hands-on practical ways. That applies whether you're in middle school, whether you're in high school, whether you're in college. And the way that you do that might look a little bit different, but go through your studies, be that personal or in school or even professional studies with an eye toward learning and toward doing and toward practicing and realize it's okay to make mistakes and kind of work through that process of mastering the skill on your way forward. That will definitely keep you moving, keep you relevant, and honestly result in a much more powerful education, whether you're in middle school or beyond higher education into the professional world. Yeah, I think something super practical here at Unbound, we're working on on putting together some content about this, um, specifically for people who are homeschooling high school students and wanting to kind of practice this kind of educational model that we've been talking about. Something I would just encourage you guys to do is, is keep an eye out. We should have some, some good content coming out about this soon and um, some really practical content about how you can put this into practice. So stay tuned. Um, it's not as, as deep of a takeaway as Victoria, but just a, an encouragement to keep your eyes out. And I would just summarize and say, think about what we've said here. First of all, thinking deliberately about this. Secondly, being willing to ask the question. And then third, being able to uh, understand that often to tighten that feedback loop, you're going to have to get some experience. And education should be something that happens in conjunction with experience, not prior to or separate from. If you start there, if you would just be able to do those three things, if you would be willing to think deliberately about this, if you'd be willing to ask questions uh, and then take them, you know, follow the answers to where it's going to lead you, and that you would have this realization that education should happen in conjunction with experience, not separate from, uh, I think you're you're going to be in great shape and you're, you're on the, the road to where you need to go and to really being able to become educated well and prepared to live in this uh, interesting world that we're in right now. And it is definitely an interesting world. I, I think one of the most important things that I've learned personally through Unbound and through Jonathan is that idea that we do need to ask that question. And it sounds so simple, but it is surprisingly difficult, I found, in today's world to have the attitude to be willing to ask the question. And that means to be intentional in asking, what am I doing? How can I learn? And it is increasingly easy just to sit back and follow what everyone else is doing. Oh, people are going to college. I'm going to do that. People are taking this major. I should do that. To be intentional takes effort, takes time and energy, and it's scary. And Victoria, you touched on how it's being willing to step out and learn. And a lot of times that means failure. So it's not always the easiest thing, but it's definitely very important and extremely rewarding. 
So that being said, as Jace mentioned, there are resources out there that talk about these things. I just want to encourage you all, ladies and gentlemen, listening to check out these resources. Specifically, as I mentioned before, there is the Navigate course coming out. We go into detail with so many of the topics we mentioned today, whether that's asking questions or how to reflect or finding ways to practically learn in whatever environment we're in. So if you are interested, this is open for people of all ages, preferably if you're, uh, most likely if you're uh, a younger person, again, but hey, if you're interested, if you want to see what this is all about, check out the information below. Again, registration ends on September 19th. Looking forward to see you in that class. Guys, if you want to find out more information about Unbound, we are on uh, most of the social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, as well as our website. Check us out if you want to learn more about what we've talked about today or the programs, whether it's Navigate or Ascend that we run. Guys, thank you so much for uh, being on again and sharing your experience and wisdom. I want to give a special shout out to the rest of the team Helping with this episode, we have our producer today, also a fellow co-host, David Rethemeyer, helping with all the technical stuff today. Also, our uh, resident editor and the guy who makes it sound good, Michael Caprera. Uh, shout out to him. Guys, next time on the next episode of the BM Bound Podcast, we will be talking to the alumni speakers from Apex Forge this year. And we'll be covering what it's been like post-Apex. It's been a month. Since Apex Forge, believe it or not, time flies and uh, life goes on. So today we've talked about some of the big concepts of how we learn. Next week, we will be talking about the practicals of how it's been as we've gone back into life and gone back into work and school and all these different things. Guys, thank you so much again for listening. This is the BM Bomb Podcast. I will catch you guys later. Bye.